Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, Wednesday, June 4th, 2014. It's 11 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu Weinguru, coming to you live from the new studio in Pompano Beach, Florida. 381-4860, or email me your questions to StuTheWineGuru at me.com. You can also go into my chat room here on the show page and show... Uh, with share everything with other wine enthusiasts, or tweet me any questions you like to at Stu the Wine Guru on Twitter, and I'll read them live on the show. I want to say thanks to all, all the listeners and the watch with all of you listening worldwide. Power of the people meets the power of the internet. And more about me, Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, videos and TV shows I'm currently a part of. Speaking of articles, I'm writing uh, the upcoming July-August issue of Simply the Best magazine, which is a lifestyle magazine available on newsstands, Barnes & Noble, and fine bookstores wherever you are. Of course, the number is 6 Or if you prefer the computer, you can email me your questions to StuTheWineGuru at me.com. On Twitter, I'm at Stu the Wine Guru. And if you tweet me some of your questions, I've already got a few, uh, I will read them live on the show as time permits. Uh, a couple of notes. Back in January, I had the, and the honor, by the way, of being asked to be one of the 30 elite judges on the panel of the American Fine Wine Competition. It was held at FIU in Miami, Florida International University, for those who don't know. Uh, We blind tasted, over the course of two days, over 700 wines um, all over the United States. Everything from Pinot Noir, um, Cabernet, Petit Verdot, Petit Syrah, Cab Franc, uh, sparkling wines, Chardonnays, Viognets, uh, almost everything, almost every varietal practically you could think of that's made in the U.S. The interesting thing also was that we also tasted wines uh, from Michigan, Ohio, uh, Indiana, 
Virginia, and I have to say that all the wines were absolutely amazing. One of the people that actually sat in with me and uh, tried some of the wines was a gentleman named Verland. Mike uh, is going to join us, which I'm really proud and honored uh, to have him on as my guest. So I think without further ado, let me just give you a little quick info on uh, Mike is. He started in the restaurant business in the early 90s, and then with his passion for wine, built a great team. Since its beginning in 1996, this wine company has had an incredible lineup of wines, which today includes Pinot Noir, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Viognier. The name, of course, of this vineyard is Dumal Vineyards. My guest is vintner Mike Verlander. Let me bring him on, and we will start the show. Mike, you there? Yeah, I sure am. How are you, Stu? I am fantastic. I'm even better now that you're on the show. <laughs> well, it's a real pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I, I want to say first and foremost, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I just want to let you know how this all will kind of play out. Um, so I have people who emailed questions. I have some tweets. I have a chat room, a live chat room that's opened up that people can go into and uh, ask questions from there. Looks like we've got a fair amount of people that are in there at this moment. And uh, so they know the, the drill. They can just ask questions anytime. I put the um, website in there as well. And, uh, and of course, I've got my own questions. So in no particular order, uh, I'm just going to ask if you would, Mike, to just give my listeners a little bit about Dumal. Let them know. Sure. Um, well, Stu, it was a great tasting with you uh, down in Boca. And uh, you. uh For your group, I've got to tell you, you're one of the one of the best tasters that I've tasted with. So uh, it was really fun. Uh, with respect to Dumal, we started it in 1996. So this, gosh, what does this make us? It's about about our 18th year. Of course, yep. uh, that's young by world standards, but uh, uh, it's starting to get to be middle-aged for uh, California standards. Uh, we're located mm -hmm. in the Russian River Valley. Our principal vineyards are located within the Green Valley, which is the coolest growing district uh, in the Russian River Valley. And um, we find that, it, that we think this is a world-class uh, site for growing Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Uh, we can also do a pretty good job with uh, Syrah, cooler climate Syrah, and uh, our Viognier is is really exciting. Uh, one of the, yes. I, I think one of the things that we see about our wines is they have great balance, and uh, we try to balance the vineyard, the fruit, and uh, and that moves on to the wine. Well, I have to tell you, um, in addition to uh, there's consistency. That's the other thing that I think is amazing about your wines. Uh, and that is something that seems to be um, not always um, attained by California vintners. I think a lot of times there's some inconsistencies from vintage to vintage, and that can happen, of course. But you, yours seem to be very consistent from year to year, from vintage to vintage. Um, I want to just ask a couple of my questions. So uh, what has been the biggest challenge for Dumas Wines in creating your brand? You know, it, it hasn't been a huge challenge. Uh, we started out Great. small. Uh, mm -hmm. We made, uh, in our first vintage, uh, 300 cases. 
uh, our winemaker uh, and partner at the time, uh, Max Gasowitz, uh, had uh, uh, really started out this project, and my partner, Carrie and I, uh, Carrie Murphy and myself, were more assisting him financially uh, to get him started. And he had been a winemaker uh, at uh, uh, oh a number of wineries. The most recent was with Cecil DeLoach at DeLoach Vineyards, but he'd worked at Miramar Torres. He'd worked at Fred Fisher. And the winery actually is named after his two children, Duncan and Molly. So it was an acronym. And uh, we thought, you know, kind of sounds like a burgundy domain. Good name. So let's go with it. And uh, uh, <laughs> the, the first wines we made were pretty well received. Uh, Max had a light, light touch with wines, and so the terroir showed really well. Uh, really, the biggest challenge was, was in 1998, Max became uh, literally deathly ill uh, right in the first week of crush. And uh, uh, I stepped in with uh, my rudimentary knowledge of homemade winemaking for the previous six years. And uh, fortunately, people assisted us in finishing up the wine that year. Uh, Mary Edwards took a leading role. Fred Scher uh, was involved, David Ramey, uh, all good friends that I had met uh, through our wine bar and tasting uh, wine shop and restaurant uh, that we'd started actually back in 77. Um, and once we got that wine uh, put together, Jim Clendenin even helped with some blending. Uh, my partner and I, Carrie, Carrie and, and myself, we looked at each other and we said, well, what are we going to do, drink all this stuff or are we going to turn this into a business? So we made the choice to turn it into a business, and we grew slowly. We thought we'd never get, on, get, get over 1,000 cases, and then pretty soon it was, well, we'll never be more than 2,500 cases. And 18 years later, we're pretty much in the 20,000-case realm, and we're producing... Wow. Uh, oh, shoot, about 16 different uh, wine designates of the four uh, varieties that you mentioned, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Syrah, and Viognier. I, I'm going to ask uh, some emails that have come in. So the first one is from, I think it's Bon Giavino of Lisbon, Portugal. And it says, hi, Stu, great show. Are there any other wine varietals Mike will be producing other than the ones he is producing now coming soon. So well, I want to thank you. Uh, uh, what we're going to uh, do is uh, step uh, over to the dark side, to the Napa Valley. And, mm -hmm. and our wine... And our, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little feedback. Our winemaker is uh, uh, very well versed in making Cabernet Sauvignon. He has found uh, three sites that are he believes produce excellent uh, fruit in the... Uh, hills, and we're going to uh, harvest our our first uh, crop of Cabernet this year. Wonderful. So the vintage should be, what, 2015? 2014. Wow. And the way things are looking, it looks like it's going to be a repeat uh, so far. Well, it's a little early. This reminds me of spring training in baseball. It's a little early to call the shots. But uh, right. the vintage so far is uh, really running a parallel to 2013, which in my 40 years of the wine, being in the wine business is the most remarkable vintage that I've seen in California. So I've been hearing. And, and one, I want to say 
thank you, Bongia Vino of Lisbon, for sending in your email. And two, that's great. I think uh, I think everyone is is awaiting a Dumal Cabernet. That's going to be awesome. Uh, it'll be a few years down the road before it's out in the market, but uh, I promise it'll be delicious. Oh, I bet. I bet. Um, the next one is from Cara, 1964, from Boston, Mass. Uh, hi, Stu and Mike. Please ask Mike how he decides on the pricing of his wines. Thanks, and I am enjoying listening to you too. Well, thank you, Cara1964. And Mike, you want to feel that one? Hi, hi Tara. Uh, it's uh, nice to hear from you. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting how you work on pricing. Uh, what we try to do, uh, first off, we have a significant nut that uh, we have to figure as a base price or a base cost for our wines and cost recovery. And you look at uh, what all of your expenses are, et cetera, and you say, okay, I've got to get at least as much money for my bottle of wine. We'll taste it uh, with our peers and see how our wines compare. And, uh, of course, we always think they're the best. So what we try to do is price our wines um, uh, so that they're more at a value point Frequently, they're priced a little bit lower than our competition, and we hope that they deliver a little more character and flavor. Well, uh, again, uh, I want to thank Cara for asking the question, and let's go to the next one from Luciana Crespo of Naples, Italy, and it says, Ciao, Stu, buona notte. Uh, Please ask Mr. Verlander what his thoughts are on old world wine versus new world. And I just want to thank Luciano Crespo of Naples, Italy, for his question. Uh, his Luciano, question, that, that's, it's wonderful to hear from you, and I love Italy. And, in fact, um, uh, when we owned Prima, which was a restaurant, it was actually the third wine bar in the Bay Area back in the 70s, and uh, also wine merchant. My wife and I were fortunate uh, enough to visit Italy in 1985, and we came back and really focused on making a great Italian restaurant and delivering some of the better Italian wines uh, that we had found. So we became really rather important Italian wine merchants uh, in the early 90s and still hold a very responsible, or the company now holds a very sound uh, position uh, nationally and internationally selling Italian wine. So the so question is, the question do I, do uh, what do I think about old world wines? I absolutely love them. And uh, uh, between you and me and your listeners, I drink more Italian wines than any other kind of wine. In fact, uh, I've got a little Yerman uh, uh, Pinot Grigio just uh, set up this evening uh, to, to uh, enjoy with our first course after this show. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a great question. I'm, I'm glad. And, again, thank you, Luciana. And Luciano uh, also, I love uh, wines out of Spain. Uh, there's some terrific values uh, uh, being made. Of course, Burgundy and Bordeaux. Um, uh, you know, I've, I found uh, I really cut my teeth on Burgundy. Never thought that California could produce a wine that would be comparable back in the 70s. And lo and behold, in the mid-'80s, we were starting to produce wines that were really quite exciting, and I think we've uh, stepped up. I still collect Burgundies. Um, and uh, also find uh, great enjoyment from those. 
but I uh, found even more enjoyment from our Dumont wines because uh, for the price, uh, we ordinarily get a little bit more bang for our buck here. Right. Oh, absolutely. Most definitely. And uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think I think your Pinot Noir, uh, what it does, and, and Chardonnay are, I mean, not, of course, only those are amazing, if you will, of, uh, you know, red burgundy and white burgundy, if you will. Um, here's another email from Shana Kotumi. I hope I'm pronouncing your, right, your name right. It's from Tel Aviv, and it says, Shalom, Stu, what a nice show. This is my first time listening. I would like to tell Mike what excellent wine Dumal makes. I've had his Pinot Noir in Miami before and truly enjoyed it. No questions, just compliments to him. Well, that was nice. Well, thanks so much. Go. I was just in Miami this weekend. <laughs> so that's nice to hear. Yeah, there you go. Okay, from Tel Aviv, all the way from Tel Aviv to give you a compliment. That's wonderful. Um, I have another question from Daniel Flies of Indianapolis, Indiana, and it says, how do you decide which varietal you will plant and produce? Well, that's, a, uh, again, a very wonderful question. First off, uh, the, the climate and terroir really determines what you're going to plant. And where we right. happen to be, uh, the varieties that we're producing, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Syrah, and Vignet, work very well. Uh, I ha- actually have a Cabernet vineyard at my home, which is in the mountains between uh, Napa and Sonoma, so it's a little bit warmer, which produces a very nice Bordelais-style wine. But for the most part, Cabernet in the Russian River, as you get down into the areas where we are, uh, it just doesn't really reach maturity. You don't get really nice flavors out of it. But uh, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Syrah, and Vignet do. So the next step is is uh, how, and I'm just planting a 26-acre vineyard right now, and we've just gone through this process, is uh, what, uh, uh, what rootstock should we use and what clones should we use. And what we do is uh, we do a very careful uh, soil analysis. We do a very careful climate analysis, uh, and uh, we select clones and rootstocks that really complement the soils that we're working with uh, based on what their water capacity is, what their nutritional capacities are, uh, and then also exposures. And uh, right. uh, so we will be putting in, in this vineyard, we'll have two different clones of Chardonnay on uh, one rootstock, on two root, different rootstocks, and then we'll have uh, six different clones of Pinot Noir, and that will be wow. on three different rootstocks. Interesting. That's, that's incredible. Um, I just got a tweet from James Melendez, James, uh, the wine guy, I guess out in California, and he wants to know what your favorite vintage is and vineyard. James, how do you do? Nice to hear from you. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of like who's your favorite child. I'll tell you, <laughs> one thing that I really uh, have become excited with is the wines that we've been making uh, 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 in the last four or five years. They've been cooler vintages, and it's really allowed us to pick at lower sugar levels. We also planted uh, a very closely spaced vineyard, which allows us to produce less fruit per vine, and uh, we seem to be able to reach mature flavors at lower uh, sugar levels so we can keep the alcohols lower. I 
I think that our 2011 Chardonnays, now most uh, in, in many cases 2011 took uh, 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 has, has not been considered a great vintage by the press, primarily because of the Cabernet issue, but we make Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, and our 2011 Chardonnays are extraordinary. Our 2012s are a good follow-up. They're a little more generous. Our 2013s um, appear to be uh, uh, out of the ballpark. So uh, uh, these these vintages, 2011, a cooler vintage, more precision. Uh, uh, 2012, a little bit richer, a little little more plump in Chardonnays and Pinot Noirs and actually all the wines. 2013, probably a combination of the two. Um, I don't... I can't really say which wines I like the best. Uh, to me, they're distinctively made to show various characters, and right. it's like a spice cabinet to me. Uh, if I want a richer Pinot Noir uh, for the evening, I'll use the Ryan. If I want something that uh, is leaner and uh, 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 more along the French lines, I'll take the, the uh, Ian. And... Um, uh, same goes with Cabernets or with the uh, Chardonnays. Uh, overall, though, and I think the broad broad market sees our Russian River wines the most, and those are just a great go-to wine because they're a blend of all of our vineyards, and I really think it's the signature of the of the winery. Um, so uh, you know that's that's what I'd certainly start with is the Russian River uh, wines, and then uh, move on into the designates. Uh, and see what you like the best. Right. Yeah. Well, that. Uh, yeah. I. I, I can see. And at least you have. You know. Like clear cut. Uh, reasons why you like the vintages that you like, and the and the varietals that you like. So, um, great answer. So here, go back to some of my questions. Um, what do you think are the the characteristics of a like great Pinot Noir? Since your Pinot Noir is outstanding, it's stellar. Well, I think great Pinot Noir actually does come from the Russian River Valley. And as you know, when we were tasting, we, we were tasting uh, quite a few Oregon wines uh, in our tasting. And actually, I yeah. almost bought a vineyard up in Oregon in 87, uh, but uh, ended up uh, in the Russian River Valley. So what I look for a Pinot Noir, first and foremost, is uh, a beautiful nose and I don't want it sweet. I want it to uh, exhibit uh, some red fruits. I want it to exhibit some dark fruits. I want to have other layers of things going on in the nose. And uh, uh, I think the most important thing about a Pinot Noir is its sexiness. It's got to have really a nice middle. It's got to be broad. It's got to be juicy. It's got to have uh, this uh, kind of... Uh, 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 sexy, loving kind of character. That's what makes Pinot Noir so great. And by golly, when it's all done, it's got to finish. It's got to finish long. And uh, uh, I think what we see is er every one of our regions are a little different. Uh, I think Burgundy, for the most part, produces wines that aren't as accessible early on, but they have great uh, character. And uh, mm -hmm. Uh, Oregon kind of is more along that line, although recently they've been uh, uh, making wines more in the California style, which are a little more generous. 
And then, of course, uh, uh, the Russian River style, which is fairly generous. And so you get, uh, you get great satisfaction uh, from the richness and breadth of the wine without too much tannins. But you want to have structure, uh, enough structure, so that, uh, so that the wine ages and also works well with, uh, with the food you're enjoying it with. Absolutely. And the people, too. You know, again, comes down Absolutely. to that. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, who, who, was, who was the biggest influence early on in your, your wine career? You have one? Oh, I mean, if you think of you know, a person or person. Uh, I, I've got to say, um, when I got started, uh, we started uh, our, our, our wine tasting bar in 1977. And there were only about, uh, oh, I think in Sonoma and Napa, maybe 100 wineries. And many of these people were were farmers. Uh, they had farmed prunes. They had farmed hops. They had farmed apples. Uh, they weren't doing so well, so they were one by one starting to take out uh, their orchards and putting in vines. And I met so many wonderful people. At that time, uh, these guys were, they weren't marketers. They they grew grapes, they tried to sell the grapes, sometimes they couldn't, so they started making wine. And uh, 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 during those early days, uh, there were some really uh, exceptional people. One of them was uh, Americo Am, uh, Am and Mary Raffinelli, uh, who produced uh, extraordinary Zinfandel out of the uh, uh, Dry Creek Valley. And mm-hmm. uh, what impressed me was his meticulous farming. Uh, another person that uh, uh, impressed me uh, probably the most, and especially uh, because I started a winery later in life, actually at the same time Bob Madavi did. And uh, uh, Bob was one of these people that he had this joy for, for wine. He had this joy for American wines, for California wines. Uh, he really placed uh, California on the map. Uh, comparing them to uh, old world wines, and um, right. he worked so hard, and he put wine with food, and he always wanted to have a bottle of wine on the table at every meal, set breakfast, and maybe he did that once in a while. And I fortunately <laughs> had a ta- chance to have lunch with him uh, just about the just before he turned ninety. And I said, Bob, you don't know this, but uh, you are my mentor. And I said, uh, you've, uh, uh, you've had more influence on me in the way I make wine and the styles that we're trying to do than probably anybody. So that's your answer. Interesting. That's great. That really is. And I, I, I believe, I'm sure a lot of people, if you ask, will tell you the same thing, will tell me the same thing. Um, he was definitely a force uh, to be reckoned with. And his story alone is just amazing, absolutely amazing. So I can see that as being, uh, uh, you know, to have had the chance to have been around him and uh, just get in, get in his glow is, is yeah. amazing in itself. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, so again, here's another question of mine I want to ask. So you had mentioned a little bit earlier about different old world wines. Do you have a varietal personally that you like drinking more than others? Oh boy! Uh, like a go-to wine, like a go-to varietal. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mentioned that I really use. Uh, I I drink a lot of Italian wines, and uh, my go-to wines. It, it's funny because I've got a really messy cellar, and when I was in the when I was in the retail business uh, and restaurant business, 
we used to account for every bottle and knew exactly where it was, et cetera. So my wine cellar, I decided I'm not going to worry about that. I'll just throw it in kind of by category. And I just uh, was uh, moving some wine around the other day and found about eight or nine cases of 1997 uh, Brunello and some 98, too. And I'm going, oh, boy, that's great. And probably Brunello is one of my go-to wines. Uh, Barolo is one of my go-to wines. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like uh, the wines uh, out of the Rhone. Oh, sure. Don't drink them quite as often. I used to drink them a lot. Uh, But... uh, 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 so, I, I'd say I I, uh, I love the Sassetti wines uh, from from Brunello, the Altari wines from uh, and Scavino wines out of uh, Barolo, uh, the Vietti wines. So anyway, there's there's just a number of them. They're they're go-to wines. Unfortunately, I bought these uh, long ago, so they. Uh, in today's terms, it didn't cost that much. So when I go down and grab one out of the cellar, it's like having a twenty or thirty dollar bottle of wine, and it's mature. Sure, sure. Nice. Absolutely. <laughs> Good reason that, for that's collecting. That's great. <laughs> that is that is great. No, really, that is. You know, I, I always I'm always fascinated when I talk to a vintner um, about what they drink because you know it isn't always what you would think, um, and and I get some great answers sometimes. Some great varietals that you know you would like Charbonneau or you know you just something out of the out of the blue and you go really yeah you know that's what they like drinking because they just want they want a different they want to they want to you know challenge their palate. Yeah. Um, so every every uh, show that I do, all the questions are completely unique. Uh, they're different obviously because I have different people from around the world ask questions. Uh, but in addition to that, my questions are always going to be different. But this is the one question I, I ask every vintner and every guest that I've ever had on my show for the past five years. That is this. If you could share a glass of your wine with anyone, alive or passed on, who would it be and why? I'd like to sit down with Stu Noodleman <laughs> and drink wine with you. Already. <laughs> did that already. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, shoot. You know, I, I'll tell you, uh, Piero Antonori uh, is a wonderful person. And uh, yeah. he, he, much like, uh, like Mondavi, uh, Angelo Gaia, uh, same thing. They just, uh, they've had such an influence on uh, the production of great wines. And they're, they're very uh, international, very... Uh, interesting beyond the scope of wine so i'd like to sit i've actually sat down with both of them over over the years but i'd like to sit down with them again and sure. uh, uh, enjoy uh, a meal and and uh, a b- bottle of their wine and i don't think either one of them had a bottle of mine yet so uh, uh share some of mine with them that would be that's that's great and so let, let me go on that note right there i want to first thank you uh, unfortunately, that's the show for tonight, but I want to thank you for coming on. You are fantastic. You're, you're great to speak to, not only in person, by the way. Uh, and, again, I, said, I, I have to say it again. I've had the honor of sitting with you and sharing wine and, and, and tasting wine. But at the same token, uh, you know, it, it, I always tell people when I talk to them about having them on my show, and they ask questions, well, do you need to know my bio? And do you, I say, you know what, exactly the way I talk to you in person is exactly the way I'm going to talk. 
still and light, and I and you know, and I, I it's almost conversational, as if we were at a party somewhere and ha- just having a conversation. And that's the way I like to keep it. And you really, I tell you, a wonderful guest. I really, really appreciate having you on. Uh, I think your wines are fantastic. I'm going to let my customers and my clients and my and my listeners and everyone that's involved go anywhere you can. Uh, find out about about Dumal Vineyards and their wines. Go online. You can go to www.dumal. Uh, I believe, is that correct, Mike? And they'd be able to find out yeah, where Dumal. your wines are? Com, and right. uh, you can um, uh, get on our pre-release list. I was just looking at the uh, website. I, I don't really handle this part of the business, but I don't see our most recent re- releases on there. Uh, so it's kind of like uh, we we – we we sell most of our wines uh, uh, direct, and, uh, right. and and you'll also find some good restaurants. And I think down in uh, in uh, and a few fine wine merchants in in most of the larger communities. Uh, Absolutely. But, uh, go to, go visit uh, uh, com and uh, if you have any questions, uh, hit the contact button. Uh, send me an email. Michael at Dumal.com. Be happy to answer them. And if we can get Excellent. the wine to see you, we'd really like to do so. That's great. And I, I urge all my listeners globally, please, and any chance you get to, to try these wines because they are fantastic. They're the best of the best uh, that you can drink. And, um, again, Mike, uh, I really appreciate having you on. I'm definitely going to have you on again. I have a million other questions. I, <laughs> I have hours of time that I would love to have you on and just talk to you and pick your brain and so on. So um, thank you, um, and, uh, and, 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 and that's the show for this evening. So You're most certainly welcome. Mike. Thanks for having me on. I really uh, enjoyed chatting with you again, Stu, and get out here in our neck of the woods. I most definitely will, and when I do, I will let you know that when I'm going to be there. And believe me, you will be on the top of the list of people that I want to come see and visit. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks again for everything. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. So that was the show, folks. Uh, I want to I want to thank Mike Verlander of Dumal for coming on the show. He's an amazing guest, as I mentioned earlier. Um, his wine precedes how how fantastic a guest he is as well. He's just he, you know it, it's just wonderful to be able to have to pop open a Russian River, a Dumal Pinot Noir or Chardonnay, and just sip on it. It's great by itself. It's fantastic with food. Uh, this Syrah, just go out and find it wherever you can. Uh, I want to thank everyone for the great feedback from Twitter, from Facebook, from all social media about wine articles and my radio show. Uh, keep reading Simply the Best magazine on newsstands and find bookstores for more of my wine articles and reviews and look for the July-August issue. Uh, and It's about summer wine, what to drink, um, I have also done some interviews for Rye TV in Italy, the Midlife Road Trip Show, uh, Key West Kitchen. Uh, links are posted on my website. In addition to that, uh, I'm working on a new project, I mean, interesting music-related wine projects that as the information becomes available, I will keep you posted. Uh, I'm answering your requests for in-home wine tastings here in South Florida and setting up my schedule to host them as time permits, so keep your requests coming, both on the um, cruise-related uh, wine uh, uh, wine cruises, as well as um, doing it for corporate America 
and uh, and just wine enthusiasts out there. Um, if you have any questions about the show, you can email them to studentwineguru at me.com. You can go to my website as well at www.studentwineguru.com and click the, the link for all of my wine articles, videos, and to listen to archived wine talk shows. You can also subscribe free on iTunes. Just put in Stu the Wine Guru as your search, and all my shows will come up, and you can listen and download them. Uh, I think that's everything else you need to know about me and the show and everything else going on. One quick note. Next week, I'm going to have the incomparable Amelia Seha uh, from Seha Vineyards. I can't wait. I'm psyched. Uh, So listen in next week. I'll put some information up on my website as well as on Twitter. And that's the show. So as I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stu the Wine Guru. Drink up. Good night and good wine.